superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. That game. Prescott in the gun, runs up the middle. That call. It's the right decision. That moment. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Did he spike it in time? That's the end of the game. What normally takes down the Cowboys and what they have to battle and what they might have to fight through and maybe not. The head coaching decision making. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests, ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky, two-time Emmy Award-winning actor Eric Stone Street, plus Fox Sports Rules analyst Mike Pereira. And now, it's Rich Okay, everybody. Yes, it is a big Monday show with five of the six games of Super Wild Card Weekend in the books. I am your humble host here in Los Angeles, California, where we've got that sixth game tonight between the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. I will be doing the pregame and halftime festivities for Westwood One Radio this evening, so it's a a a two-a-day for me, but it's all good in that hood. It is playoff time in the NFL, and good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman. How are you, sir? Rich, I'm great. Mike Del Tufo is not here doing that one thing (laughs) for that other thing that he's doing that we don't know about. Good to see you, Jason Feller. How are you? TJ Jefferson here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, like we always do at this time, Rich. How about them Cowboys? How about them? How about them? How about them? <laughs> How about them? Win, lose, or tie. This was How coming out today. And the fact that a man <laughs> whose team, you. and the <laughs> fact that a man whose team got boat raced out of the playoffs could belly laugh at you in this <laughs> same <Boat> weekend, <laughs> in this very same weekend. Thank God for the Cowboys because everyone forgot about our game. They got curb stomped. I mean, we only lost by six, but, you know, I, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's all good. Let's jump into this, shall Andrew. we? Uh, let's just jump in. Let's just jump into the deep end of the pool. The varsity end of the pool. That's right? why I wore this jacket. Uh, let's 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 just do it. Let's um, get, yeah, get it out the way. No, no, no. Let's move on. No, no. I know. mean, because there's 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 lots to discuss. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, there were there were two ways that this this was going to go. Okay, and 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 obviously there's a third way. The third way is that the Cowboys had a stout 49ers team in and both teams were playing at the top of their game and trading punches like two heavyweight fighters and then one team who had the ball last would make the play and win the game and that's one way that many playoff games have gone well not not lately it's been uh it's been 17 straight games i believe that i saw nfl games where there hasn't been a lead change in the fourth quarter it's been a while 
obviously the the game could have gone that way. But I, we all knew there were two ways this was going to go, that the Dallas Cowboys championship season aspirations, the games that we've seen this year that lend credence from the opener in Tampa where Dak came back and threw for over 400 yards and almost won that game. The game against the Washington football team just a few weeks ago, seeing them put up 50 against a, a Philadelphia Eagles team that wasn't playing their starters. But still, you got to beat who's in front of you and get that momentum going. And, and you know, um, and, and this team had a 4,000-yard a, a passer and a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver and a 10-sack guy and a 10-interception guy. And this is a championship-quality team. And they were going to win this game and move forward. And, and, and confirm the belief that this team could win the Super Bowl. That's one way it was going to go. And then the other way it was going to go is that they were going to have a fever dream type nightmare day where it would be full of self-inflicted wounds and mistakes and penalties and turnovers and sacks. And this team would go down in the playoffs despite having a 4,000-yard passer and a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver and a 10-sack guy and a 10-interception guy. And who knew? Most of us. That it was the latter. And it would be the latter. And it was the latter. That happened. We saw it yesterday. We saw the 49ers come in and hit the Dallas Cowboys in the mouth. I saw that one coming. I picked him. I thought it. Brockman picked him. He thought it. Many others thought it. Hit him in the mouth. 10-0 lead. 10-0 lead. And so much is discussed about the end of this game, and we will hit that in a moment. But don't forget, in advance, in advance, Cowboys didn't pick up their first first down of the game until they were down 10-0. They didn't even have 120 yards total offense in the first half of this game. 49ers came in and hit him in the mouth, but the Cowboys' defense kept on forcing them to settle for field goals, keeping this thing afoot for Dallas. And sure enough, sure enough, (laughs) the Jimmy G interception took place, and it changed everything. And this game with 16 minutes ago and the Dallas Cowboys down 16 with 16 minutes ago and we were seeing all the sad Cowboy fans and the nervous Jones in their sweet shots. It started to change, started to switch. The Dallas Cowboys did score a touchdown off of that interception and it was a tight game, a totally tight game. But the Cowboys made too many mistakes. 14. Penalties. 14 penalties. I repeat, 14 penalties they had in the game. So ridiculous. And they still had a shot to win it. Because the 49ers were making some bizarre maneuvers, like, say, with this running game performing as well as possible, still throwing it with Jimmy G, playing with those pieces of fire don't forget after they did get an interception they handed it off to Debo Samuel he's so incredible and they were running the football so well and then on fourth and one at midfield with six and change to go they punted it what was that all about well the defense was balling out because sure enough the Dallas Cowboys with a sack and three consecutive incompletions gave the ball back to San Francisco 
and now all the Niners had to do was just burn all of St. Dallas's timeouts and get a couple first downs and end the game. And they got the first first down by penalty. Randy Gregory mysteriously tackling the guy who's trying to block him. Tackled the offensive lineman. And that seemingly ended the game. All the Niners had to do was get a first down. And it looked like they did. Until they didn't. And Dallas had another shot. Because they respot the football properly. And for some reason, San Francisco decides to motion their best offensive lineman on a friggin' quarterback sneak. And Jimmy G snaps it too soon before Trent Williams is set. Now San Francisco's got a punt the ball. And they have to rescind the bye-byes that they were waving to all the Dallas faithful. What was that about? A fever dream on both sides broke out. <laughs> and then Dak started making plays. Nice little hook and ladder. A couple other plays where San Francisco was letting Dallas get out of bounds. And then suddenly San Francisco's like, you know what? D'Amico Ryan's a defensive coordinator with few ticks left on the clock no timeouts left for Dallas you know what we're just going to basically build two 49er walls on each side of the boundaries you know that's we're just going to line up all our defenders on the sidelines and give you the middle of the field and Dallas took it set the hook with that bait no there is no bait because Dallas was practicing this they had it they had it they had the plan they had the whole plan the plan is for Dak to get as many yards as possible so they don't have to fling it from the 40 yard line which by the way not a bad spot to fling it from okay you know not a bad spot to fling it from but let's run it but Dak's got to get down in time then he doesn't get down in time and remarkably uh, hands the ball to his own senator spot I didn't see the Nickelodeon game uh, but did they tell the kids you're not allowed to spot your own football in the National Football League? Folks, you can't spot your own football in the National Football League. So you're either somebody who needs to find the official to spot it, or if you do give it to your center, the center's got to know to find the official to spot it. And the official whose job is to spot it needed to get through Dak and large human beings in order to get on the other side of the line of scrimmage to spot it. He did move the football a little bit too much for my liking and finally spotted it and there is no Hail Mary. Instead of getting two Hail Mary shots, the Cowboys get no Hail Mary shots. End of game. Dak Prescott after the game said something I think he wants to take back. I'll be very honest with you. Totally out of character for him. My colleague Jane Slater from the NFL media group, got video from a friend of hers. She tweeted it out, and um, it was fans throwing stuff on the field. Okay, One of them, Demarcus Lawrence, took uh, his helmet and, and swatted away a water bottle with it. Dak was asked about that video after the game. Dak, what do you think about the fans throwing beer bottles on the field there at the very end? you see that? I think one of them no, I didn't see that. Um, that's sad. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a team, you're talking about men that come out each and every day 
of their lives and uh, give everything to the sport, um, give everything to this game of football. Um, nobody wants to succeed more than we want to succeed. I understand fans and, and, and the word fan for fanatic. I get that. But um, to know everything that we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Um, nobody comes in in the game wanting or expecting, expecting to lose. And um, for, for people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter, um, and, and be with us through thick and thin, uh, th that's tough. I think they were aiming at the referees. Yeah, yeah. they were at the referees. Well, credit to them then. That's a <laughs> Yeah, they credit. weren't doing it. Oh, credit. Credit to them. Same officials, I guess, that uh, gave you a shot because they respotted a football. Hmm. And, uh, and then properly called Trent Williams for motion during the quarterback sneak that would have ended it. That gave you that shot that you kind of didn't really deserve to have because they did properly call Randy Gregory for his third penalty on the day, tackling a defender for defensive holding. Also, same officials that properly called not one, but back-to-back -back false starts on the first drive of the second half for the Dallas Cowboys. Also, the same officials that were first to call delay of game on the Cowboys for a bizarre the most bizarre follow-up to the, a successful fake punt I've ever seen. <laughs> Great fake punt, though. Great fake punt. It was punt. incredible. Incredible fake punt. By the way, kudos to McCarthy and, and, and Bones Fossil for saying go for it because you needed to spark. You got the spark, and then you kept the special teams out there. <laughs> For what? On first down? Like you're going to fake another fake punt on first down? Or you're going to force the Niners to burn a timeout because they didn't have the right guys on the field? Fred Warner was even kind of with his arms outstretched as the same umpire that was front and center for the last play of the game is standing over the ball forever because he kept on giving the Niners a chance to match up because Dak and the offense came running out on the field too late. Blaming the refs. That's rich. You've got to be kidding. With all due respect, that is very uncharacteristic of Jack to say something like that. Cowboys deserve to lose that game multiple times over before they finally lost it. Multiple times over. And now they've got to sit on that. Now they got to sit on that for weeks and months. Run it back with Dak, of course. Zeke, I don't know. Pollard seems to have a lot more burst than him for big plays. Sure, Cooper and Gallup. You know, that's your $100 million offense with Cooper and Zeke and Dak. And they had the same number of playoff wins this year as my Jets. That's not a shot in your direction. Trust me, I feel for you, brother, because that's a heck of a team that shot itself in the foot so many times. They don't have any toes left. Yeah. And, and, and I saw this stat in the New York Times. The Dallas Cowboys have as many home wins in the playoffs in that building than the Alabama Crimson Tide. Not good, Bob. Not great. Not great, Bob. <laughs> I 
don't know if you do, what you do if you're Jerry Jones right now. But I'll tell you what, and I do want to say this. The Dallas Cowboys may be the first of many teams, and I know I'm talking about the number one seed in this here playoffs, but the Dallas Cowboys are definitely the first and maybe the first of multiple NFC teams that are going to be <clears throat> looking at the Los Angeles Rams saying, couldn't finish off the Niners when you had them, right? <laughs> Week 18, you had them. You had them down 17 nothing. Let them kick a field goal right before the half. Then you tied them up, and then you took the lead. And you couldn't get a first down, could you? Had to leave Jimmy G out there on that field to go 88 yards with no timeouts and 87 seconds, and he did it in 61. Couldn't win it in overtime either, could you? Let the Niners off the mat and in the tournament, and now the Cowboys are out. And they're coming for the Green Bay Packers next. And if you think Shanahan and LaFleur didn't shake hands the last time they saw each other, <laughs> this one's going to be blood sport on Saturday night of divisional playoff weekend. Dude, that's going to be awesome. And I don't know how many teams might lament the fact that the Rams didn't finish off the Niners when the Niners were most prone to be finished. Because a team that I saw yesterday was stout and very physical. Just got to clean up those mistakes. Just a clean sheet from Jimmy G. Other than that, give me a clean sheet out of him. Give me that decision back on not going for it on fourth and one midfield. Niners could have just finished off the Cowboys right then and there. Mm. But Dallas is done. Dallas is done, and now the question is, what about Mike McCarthy? So, I'm going to ask that question to Dan Orlovsky, who joins us in hour number two. Coming up next is Mike Pereira, because I want to ask him about the mechanics at the end of that game. And also, by the way, congrats to Bengals fans. You have won a playoff game yeah. for the first time in 30 years, Absolutely. and we're talking about a touchdown margin of difference in a play that was so wild with Burrow finding Boyd in the end zone with a whistle blowing just as the ball was whistling in the air towards his hands. Did the Raiders defenders let up? Was the ball already in Boyd's possession? Because the rule is if it's an inadvertent whistle, you've got to replay the down. They got together and said that it was, in fact, still a touchdown. Because it was. Burrow never stepped out. Boyd caught the ball. The rule says you got to replay it, and they didn't. And then the league said afterwards uh, that the whistle blew after the catch. That is not true. Normally when they say you got to play to the echo of the whistle, the whistle isn't echoing before the ball hits the hands of the receiver who catches it. I don't buy that one. I want to ask Mike Pereira what he thinks about that one. The Kansas City Chiefs took care of the Steelers. Five touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes in ten and a half minutes time. Kelsey threw one. A lineman, lineman caught one. It was a whole big Chiefs offensive hootenanny in a game where they couldn't do anything in the first quarter. And they were trailing. Eric Stone Street was there. I think he has some thoughts on nouveau riche money in the direction of Joe Manganiello. 
Steeler fan who used that phrase towards Chiefs fans that it was nouveau riche money. I think he's got something to say on that. Bills demolished the Patriots. Demolished them. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Tom Brady was terrific. Yeah, let's talk about this. Didn't want to come out of the game. Then there's tonight. We'll discuss that with Dan Orlovsky. And then, of course, there's you at 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Not one, but two overreaction Mondays. There's so much to overreact to in the Cowboys' loss to the Niners, or Niners' win over Dallas. Chris, you've created an overreaction Monday just on that game alone. Yes, Mitch and I were talking last night, and we were just like, Cowboy, Cowboy. We're like, we'll okay. just do our own segment Corny, about but you also have another overreaction Monday on the rest about of the other game. Very good. Let's take a break. By the way, it's Martin Luther King Day. NBA Day on Mar- and MLK Day, and uh, there's lots to discuss on that front. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We're back with Mike Pereira to talk about everything that went down with the Zebras over the weekend right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so much to discuss in terms of big-time plays. Um, you know, people are rightfully talking about Micah Hyde's grab for an interception on that Saturday night in Buffalo, but that's not even close to the most important and greatest and most difficult catch made uh, on playoff weekend. Uh, it happened yesterday on live television. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you can hit it. He's going, he's going. Look at the speed! Go. Go. Look at the speed! Oh, he don't get one catch. Yes, yes, got him. He's come done tucking everything. Is that Brooklyn? Yes. By the way, the crowd loves it. That's a sloppy looking catch. Oh yeah, we'll be talking about this on my show tomorrow. Oh my gosh, yeah, I caught it. Yep. Now let me tell you how difficult that is. Did you hurt yourself? Let me tell you how difficult that is. I was playing mentally hurt yesterday. Yesterday was the first time in my 25-year career that I overslept. Really? I missed the first two segments of game day morning yesterday. What? I am mortified. Mortified. Like an 18-year-old missing a class in college. I snapped awake 12 minutes before air, said, let me just take a look at my phone because I thought I had two more hours to go, and I really had 12 minutes to get to work. And it was 5.48? Yep. Oh, my god. What time's your alarm usually set for? Three thirty in the morning, and, what, and you oh. woke up at five forty-eight. Yeah, wow. How many, how many missed calls do you have? Uh, a bunch. <laughs> and so I ran upstairs. Susie, oh, I, I mean, she yeah, helped so me sorry. get the hell out of the house. And the first thing I did is I grabbed, you know, whatever shirt and suit I had there. Normally, I get dressed there mm-hmm. at the at, at the. At, yeah, I grabbed a shirt that 
barely fits with my tuck. my tuck in. Right. I just grab whatever I could grab. <laughs> oh my god! And so the whole show, that's all I was thinking about. My clean sheet of my career is over. I was mortified for my my colleagues and who, you know, Mooch, Irv, and Kurt did the first two segments in like comfy chairs. You know, they they you know, awful. And I was thinking about it all day. And so as I'm going out for this catch, I'm thinking to myself, this is not my day. Watch, I'm about to drop this thing. And then as I reach out for it, my shirt comes undone. And it was a bright sunshine day. Kurt threw it and the ball was spinning like it was like that NFL films. Zoom in on a spinning football. And then you zip up. I look back and I'm thinking to myself, I'm I'm just not. And then I juggled it and grabbed it. And I was so relieved. I just wanted to go home. Did you forget the alarm? Is that what it was? No. Slept right through it. When I looked right at it, it was like it was. It had snoozed, oh and it was just, God. and it was still go, like I, I slept through it. I've, I don't. Beautiful catch. I have never in my days had a day and start like that in my career. Oh my goodness! It's the most terrifying feeling ever. Awful. Yeah. Because we've talked about all the times you have dreams could be oh, yeah. the middle of the day when it actually happened. Sleep. It oh actually happened in real life. But so sorry. but I caught it. Oh Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH. <laughs> Number to dial. Yeah, the the okay, so there's so much to get to today. Um, the way that the Cowboys game ended. The huge, controversial sequence. Uh, what happened in Cincinnati was a touchdown when Burrow stayed in bounds and found Boyd in the end zone. But the officials thought he'd stepped out of bounds, blew a whistle. What happened there? Let's turn to our friend, longtime friend, longtime caller into the program, former head of NFL refs, now Fox Rules analyst forever and a day, Mike Pereira. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, Rich. Let's jump in it uh, with both feet, starting with the end of the Cowboys 49ers game. Did you have a problem with the mechanics, the way it all went down at the end of the well, game on Sunday? A little bit. Um, you know, it's interesting. I flew from Tampa to Dallas and, uh, Landed in Dallas with Troy and our producer, Ricky Zionton. We got the game on our phone. It was the last minute. Mm. So that's really all we saw the game was the last minute. <laughs> okay. And we were looking at this thing. Oh, the 49ers, fourth and one, the measurement. Oh, they're short. Now they're going to go for it. Then they didn't get set. And then it goes to the last play. And we're all we're watching this on a phone in the airplane. And we're going, oh, oh, whoa, uh, whoa, what is it over? We're like everybody else, you know, watching it. And... You know, obviously that's been the discussion point today. And I think the thing is to me, look, if people are saying that the umpire and the referee were so far back, Ruben George is the umpire, and, you know, they line up 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And when Dak steps back, they step back. And so they had a long way to go. And so I, I think they worked their butts off to get to the spot. Really, though, to me, and we have discussed this before, the one thing when you're in such a hurry up like that, don't worry about a yard putting the ball back. I mean, he could see that the line of scrimmage guys on the outside had a spot on the solid line, but just touch the ball and get out of there. And if you want to adjust it, if there's still time left on the clock, then you can put it back a yard. Um, but it, when they're going to look, when they look at this, that's what they're going to say. Hey, if this scenario hits again, you've got to touch the ball. Okay, and it's hard. You've got to go through players that are already in three-point stances and ready to go, but you've got to touch the ball. Touch it and get out. Don't worry about moving it back a yard because, I mean, that's hardly relevant at, this point of, at that point of time anyways. But, um, you know, it's very interesting to watch the last minute of the game and then listen to the post-game comments by the announcer, Babe Waffenberg, who 
didn't talk at all about the umpire getting the ball. He talked more about the 14 penalties that the Cowboys committed, and, and he said they earned every one of them, except one maybe a little iffy, and he talked about them being undisciplined. And I have a hard time putting that last play where maybe they would have gotten a playoff. I, I, I have a hard time putting the total focus of the Cowboys lost on that. But that being said, I think mechanically it could have been handled a little bit better. So your so the two cents uh, would be one in the same way that Dak would have homework and the Cowboys would have homework to drill into Dak if he needs it uh, to find the official that you know to find the official to give the football to the official to spot. Don't give it to your center to spot in the same way you would tell yeah. the umpire, just just touch it, get out of the way. They're going to spike it anyway. Then you respot the ball before yeah. the end of the game. And, that would be the, the homework for yeah. the ump. And I must tell you, and I thought about this last night, in some ways I accept part of the blame on this. Okay. Because if you go back to 2009 after the 2009 season, before I left in 2010, I'm the one that pushed for the change, the mechanics change, to move the umpire into the offensive backfield. Um, and I knew that it created a hole. Um, I recognized that. But I was more interested in umpire safety because I was losing two a year. They were getting killed. They were getting used as picks. So I said, let's move him to the offensive side. I think if he'd have been in his old spot, he would have gotten there quicker. And um, And – and that was a concern. And, and we at that point said, hey, if it's a ball downfield and the back judge can get to the ball, do it. But it's still the umpire's primary responsibility. And it is one of those situational um, things that come up that probably that mechanics changed, kept the umpire from getting, obviously, if he was lined up behind the linebackers, he would have probably gone right with the team down there and would have been there quicker. But um, so I guess I accept some of the blame for that fox rules analyst mike prayer former head of nfl refs right here on the rich eisen show let's get to the game uh in cincinnati this was a huge conversation for much of the day saturday and it's gotten knocked off of uh, a lot of uh, uh twitter exchanges because of what happened uh, in dallas but the whistle being blown as joe burrow let loose with a touchdown pass because i guess uh, the official thought that Burrow was out of bounds. The whistle clearly hit, uh, clearly uh, sounded before uh, the ball hit Taj Boyd's hands in the end zone. What is your opinion uh, of that sequence from that game? Well, my opinion is that I'm really pretty disappointed and, and actually very concerned. And I, and I did express those sentiments to the league um, because basically what they attempted to do and what they ended up doing was ignore the ruling that was made initially on the field, that, that Burrow stepped out of bounds. That was the ruling that was made. And yet he didn't. I get that he didn't. So then, and the claim is they tried to do this on the field all their own. The claim is then they tried to factor in when the whistle blew. We've never gotten to that point where either on the field or in replay that you try to factor in where the when the whistle blew. I mean, you, you basically especially in replay, you try to ignore that element. The ruling kills the play. And there are even casebook plays that say if the runner's ruled, the passer is ruled out of bounds, it's not reviewable. You can't go back and review that. Yet we had a play 
um, I think it was last year with Buffalo, same same scenario that it was ruled that the um, the quarterback was out of bounds and they let it be challenged and they actually overturned it when it wasn't reviewable. And I went nuts in that scenario too. But the feeling was, well, let's try to correct everything. Let's try to correct everything. And, and that's what I, my, I voiced to the league. I'm, I'm concerned that you're using this video assistant expedited review too far to get involved in plays that take you into trying to determine when did a whistle blow. I mean, that's, that's like, that's like almost impossible to do. And you look at it on TV and yeah, it blew right before the catch was made. Yes. But again, we're ignoring the ruling that was made on the field. And I, I mean, I said to him, if they, if you rule that a runner steps out of bounds at the 10 yard line and he didn't, you say it's not reviewable. You can't do anything about it because it was ruled dead. And so I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated by that play. Okay, maybe they got it right. Maybe they did. But I still think the whistle blew before the ball was actually caught. But I just don't think we should have ever gotten to that point. We cannot set aside a rule to try to get the play right. And that, that's, that's where I feel we're headed. And that's no secret. I mean, I voiced it to the league. I just... That, that's it's concerning to me. It's very concerning to me that we're trying to go too far to try to get the field call right on the field when I know they're in contact with everybody. They're in contact with the replay official that could say to them, hey, he didn't step out of bounds. Well, they said, well, they made this whole decision on the field. Um, it makes it very suspicious, and I look at that play. If it was me, Back in my day, yes. I would have said, well, we ruled he was out of bounds when he threw the pass. That's it. It's over. You can't do anything about that. But so basically what you're saying is, again, uh, the play should have been blown dead the minute that they thought that he had stepped out of bounds, and that is not reviewable, regardless, right? Because he had th- right. Regardless so, of the whistle. Correct. And so they, so they, they, they inappropriately used replay – to keep a, a a possibility of a touchdown alive that they should have replayed anyway, right? Well, because they, of the I mean, whistle in the air. Is that what you're saying? Decision. Well, they said they made the decision completely on the field without the use of well, I don't know I about have that. a hard time buying that. <laughs> yeah. um, it wasn't a replay review um, because essentially, and I didn't watch it, so I couldn't see you know, the actions of uh, – Jerome Bulger, I, I don't know how long it took to get to the thing, but it's still, it's it's really bothersome to me. I like this expedited review, I do. I like the video assistance, I do. But I don't like it when it brings in elements of the game where, you know, even replay, if it went to replay, wouldn't allow you to review it. So I, I, I'm... You know, I don't, I really, I don't mm. know the word to use, Rich. I mean, I, I think I'm disappointed, maybe disillusioned, um, but I just, I, I think they, they've gone too far to end up trying to determine when did a whistle blow on the field and, and trying to make that determination, you know, based on when a ball was first touched. And so you make a decision and then it turns out it was wrong because the whistle was before the ball was touched. 
it's it's confusing to a lot of people mike i gotta be honest this is a confused this is confusing because you know the conversation is they should have replayed the down because the whistle was inadvertent and that is the rule i don't believe that i know what john perry said i know what others said the fact is that the whistle blew because the official felt that the that uh, the player was out of bounds on the line Mm -hmm. and um and that's why it I don't call that inadvertent. I call that killing the play because you had a ruling on the field of him being down out of bounds. So I don't buy the the inadvertent whistle. It was blown for a reason, and that when that when that was blown for the the whistle was blown because you felt that the runner stepped out of bounds. That's it, and you and you to me you have to stay with that ruling. I but love. I, I, it's incredible. So instead of it being replayed because of an inadvertent whistle, the the whistle was not inadvertent and actually blew a play dead. That's not reviewable. That they went ahead and reviewed and and installed the touchdown. Very simple to me. The next play should have been Cincinnati's ball from the from the spot where Burroughs was ruled to have stepped out of bounds. Period. That's me. <laughs> and so uh, a couple more for you, Mike Pereira, uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, on Sunday night football, you know, the game was kind of out of reach, but Steelers fans are, 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 are wondering. Uh, Nick Allegretti, the uh, big man who scored a touchdown uh, last night, threw T.J. Watt to the ground before going out on his route, um, and there was no call. Is that is that legal for, I guess, an eligible tackle to just throw someone to the ground? Normally that would be a hold because he's a – he is uh, an ineligible receiver. Could be a hold, could be offensive pass interference, but if it occurs at the line of scrimmage, it can't be offensive pass interference. But I'd like to be more knowledgeable on that, but I just didn't see it. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I saw a highlight of him catching the pass, but yes. I did not I did not see him released from the line of scrimmage. Yes, he threw he threw the def, you know, would be defensive player of the year to the ground like a rag doll before being wide open because TJ Watt was on the ground. And Steelers, yeah, it, it was right around the line. Was TJ trying to rush the passer? You know, was he was he trying to contact? You know, I think TJ TJ got up with the uh, with the international symbol of where's the flag, uh, and his hands outstretched, which made it seem like he thought he was being engaged by a blocking tackle and was thrown to the ground, and then turned around and saw the tackle catch yeah. the ball for the touchdown. So if he says I'm an eligible receiver and is deemed as such, and this is all within the line of scrimmage uh, vicinity, that's legal to throw him down on the ground, is what you're saying. It's legal in terms of offensive pass interference, because in order for it to have an interference foul, it has to be more than a yard downfield, but I would have to see the play to see if if Watt was trying to go through a gap or trying to get uh, into the backfield. I'd have to I'd have to see that, because it's much like a screen. You know, if a, if a you know, a, a, a lineman who wants to get out on the screen, if he throws a player to the ground, a defender to the ground, then that is holding. Um, and it could be the same scenario in this case, but um, I don't know. The only one thing I can say is it, it could not have been pass interference. All right, and uh, last one for you, just going back to the end of the Cowboys 49ers game, the, uh, the head ref um, said afterwards that they did not, converse with new york city as to whether there was no time left on the clock in regulation made that ruling themselves and got off the field 
um, would you, would you, you're laughing already. So, uh, standard lingo, standard lingo for what, um, you know, and, and they may have done that. Look, the first thing I looked at is when I was huddled around Troy's phone was how much time could have been left on the clock when he spiked it, you know, because if there's, if they deem that the play, that the game is over and you look at it and the ball hits the ground with one second to go, not reviewable. There has to be two seconds or more on the clock for replay to put time those those two seconds or more back on the clock, and I don't think there was even one second. Um, but I I promise you that because that actually is reviewable, they may not have conversed with New York, but they would have conversed to the replay official to, before they left the field to make sure that the time had expired. No conversation about the mechanics of putting the ball down or that, but. Um, replay is responsible for making sure there is not two or more seconds left on the clock. And if there's not, then the game is over. So I'm sure that was the conversation. And you have no problem with the game being ruled over then? No. Okay. Mike Pereira, thank you for the time. Let's do this again down the line. We'll see you soon. You got it. Take care. There is former NFL, NFL VP of officiating and Fox Sports NFL rules analyst Mike Pereira here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay. There you go. (laughs) So Mike Pereira says that the touchdown from Burrow to Boyd that everybody has spent the last 48 hours saying should have been replayed, should have been third and four from the Vegas 10 again, says it should have been fourth down from wherever Burrow stepped out of bounds. That's what should have happened. Because the minute that the whistle was blown to say he was out of bounds, that's not reviewable. And yet Boger and his crew got together and said, well, uh, the ruling on the field is now he didn't step out of bounds touchdown. That that's the problem. That the officiating crew in New York City is like, yeah, he didn't step out of bounds. So let's remove that from the equation. And, you know, the whistle happened after the catch touchdown. Let me just say this for you folks in Cincinnati. I am sorry that this is the conversation that everybody's stuck on after you finally win. I am sorry for that because that's not deserved. Burrow is so good. So good. Chase is so good. Incredible. Your coach gets it. How about them giving out game balls to the city of Cincinnati then handing it personally that night in bars like in establishments rolling up to bars and just like this is for you this is, is what amazing. it's about burrows showing up to work in that sort of whacked out puffy jacket and then showing up in shades afterwards saying i've still got work to do and they do they do they got the titans and derrick henry and all of that but they won a playoff game and they were terrific in winning that playoff game the raiders did what they had to do and what they did all year long, which is never give up despite all of their adversity. And we'll discuss that. But just to linger here for the Bengals, congratulations. I I don't, but you know, obviously that was the margin of difference and we're all saying that shouldn't have been a touchdown. It should have been. There shouldn't have been a whistle. He was inbounds. That guy was open. Did the Raiders defender let up? It did look like that, but what is he? I don't know. The ball had already, I think, broken the plane of the goal when the whistle blew. 
by rule, they sh- by rule, he should have been out of bounds because they inadvertently, well, they erroneously blew the whistle. But if it's an inadvertent whistle, they should have replayed the down. Right. Either way, I don't think the the Bengals were the better team. And Burrow is stupendous, and you are you are so lucky, you've got him. And Chase, and the rest of that offense, and the coach, and the defense, opportunistic. And that kicker is just as talented as everybody else that's young and fresh and new to the league. He's terrific, that McPherson. He's nails. And that comes in handy, man, when you're going to the Tennessee Titans with Derrick Henry, the diminisher, coming back, and you need every point you can get. And if your team starts to stall right around the 35 and 40 or the 35 and 33, this kid's going to make it. And I just think it's all good for you. And I'm sorry that this is the conversation. Congratulations. You deserve it. Soak it in. We'll take a break. When we come back, there's a couple of aspects about the Patriots loss, I can't believe, that's being discussed. And the Buffalo Bills, man. Congratulations to your fan base as well. We're back to discuss that in your calls in a moment. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to the phone lines here on Peacock and Sirius XM. Uh, joining us here, let's go to Chris in L.A. right here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Chris? Hey, Rich. Big fan. Thanks, brother. Uh, love what you guys do. Thank you. Uh, big part of my day every day. Love it. Thanks, man. Uh, so before I even say this, I know the answer is money and the league gets an extra game. And maybe this is an overreaction Monday, but I don't think we need seventh seeds in the playoffs if we're going to get trash games like we got yesterday. I mean, I Wait, the first hold, was hold on, Chris. Game. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Is that part of your overreaction? <laughs> just, just wait, just wait, just wait. No, no, just keep going. Just oh, no, did I step on it? No, no, you're good. Keep it's going. all right. <laughs> okay. Invariably, I mean, I it will happen. The first quarter was interesting in the Chiefs game, and I know the Eagles put up some points after the Bucks lit off the gas. But I'd rather just go back to two buys if this is what we're going to get. I mean, maybe it's good for the league, but tell that to Tristan Wirfs. And Jason went down hard. What if they lost him, too? I just... I just think it's silly. Thanks for the call, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, he's not wrong. I mean, that's that's a that's not a that's not a wrong no. supposition. The two seven games last year, okay. Bills Colts was a two seven game last year, and Philip Rivers kind of set the bar high. That's easily the high water mark of a seven seed yeah. in the first two years of this happening, because the other high water mark uh, one would say from last year's seven seed was Trubisky prematurely setting off the slime on that one 
touchdown that got called back on the first ever Nickelodeon game. Other than that, the, the Saints just spanked the Bears in that game. And then the two seven games this year, I mean, the Steelers did take a 7 nothing lead, and that was the end of it. And then the Eagles looked terrible. Terrible yesterday. Terrible. And Tristan Wirfs is hurt. I mean, if you could choose not named Brady, the five players that the Bucks could ill afford to lose now. Well, he's first, I think. I think Evans would be first, certainly with the rest of their offense, the way that they're out Godwin and obviously Antonio yeah. Brown strip sacked himself. You'd have to go Evans. And then you'd probably go Werfs, unless you want to choose someone on the defense as well. Yeah, Levante David or... Shaq Barrett, who came up with an interception. Yeah. You know? But Werfs would absolutely be one of the first names out of your mouth. For sure. I mean, he's the only player in the last two years to not miss a single play. He's an all-pro in his second season. I mean, the guy's amazing. And he went down second play of the game. Tried to come back, and it was obvious that he couldn't continue. And you know what? It didn't matter. Tom Brady's just still freaking amazing. He still finds everybody. Tom Brady was taking sacks, though, once he went down. I know. But, yeah. I know, but they still yeah. put 30 up. Game was over. Like, yeah. Blaine Gabbert knew he was going to get some action. Blaine Literally, Gabbert. in the first quarter, he knew. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Look, I know what I'm talking about when I talk about this subject matter. Okay, when you're a team that takes it in the chops all the time from one particular team in your division as well, and you draft a quarterback in the first round high up, you hope you are hoping against hope that this guy is the way out. Because when one team beats your brains in year in and year out, it feels like there's no way out ever. Closest I ever got to that was Mark Sanchez in the last 20-some-odd years. Mark Sanchez drafted fifth overall. He went 1-1, one and one, by the way, against the Patriots in his first year. They split. And then he split in his second year, too. And then that second year ended with him being the only quarterback and the Jets the only team to date to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs with Brady getting the bye week and a divisional playoff game. Brady is 11-1. and one in those situations in his career. And the Jets beat him. game wasn't even close. Okay. Well, it was on the scoreboard. It was 28-21 was the final. Yeah, but even go. then, the Jets were, and all of our fan base was like wondering, uh, still got to see more. That's still Brady out there. They went 14-2, and the team that we beat. And then sure enough, uh, Sanchez didn't win another game against the Patriots again um, as the starter of the Jets. And, and as if there was still any hope left, it was dashed when he ran into the taint of his teammate <laughs> on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about here when you draft the quarterback like that you hope that that quarterback turns into Josh Allen and that that quarterback turns in the performance that we saw Josh Allen turn in against the Patriots this weekend this is what we call the good stuff This is what you hope for. This is what you dream about. I cannot imagine how Bills fans must be feeling today. Certainly since when Mac Jones 
only threw three passes, and they ran it 200-some-odd yards in their previous visit to Western New York earlier this year and took the first of the three games that they would eventually play. It made maybe Bills fans even think, oh, gosh, maybe here we go again, that the page hasn't been turned, despite last year's AFC Championship game appearance, that maybe Belichick and the Patriots have put something together here that is similar to the previous run, and oh my gosh, we're going to have to deal with this again, aren't we? And then they go into New England towards the end of the season, resting back control of their own destiny, which they then turned into a division title and the right to host New England at home and spank them repeatedly with the first ever, ever, Instance of seven possessions, all touchdowns, no field goals, no turnovers. The only times the Bills possessed the ball and it did not result in a touchdown was they knelt the end of the first half kickoff. He just took a kneel after kicking it, after receiving it. And then the victory formations at the end of the game. That's never happened ever in the history of the National Football League postseason. It's never happened even in the wildest dreams of Bills fans to do this to Bill Belichick and the Patriots to end their season. Josh Allen's first touchdown of the night, he said he was throwing away. (laughs) Dawson Knox with a tremendous grab. And then... Matt Jones was terrific in his first career playoff possession. But Micah Hyde ended that best opportunity for the Patriots to score and make this a game with the most remarkable touchdown, I mean, saving interception I've seen in the playoffs since Malcolm Butler. I got to be honest with you, right on the goal line, too. And it changed the fortune of that game because that looked like Mac Jones was coming out like a house of fire. That doused the flame, and then Josh Allen got the ball back. And see you later. What a night for Buffalo Bills fans. When Josh Allen was drafted, when he was drafted, you couldn't dream of this scenario, and it happened. And he's a face of a franchise. He's a good kid in the community what a dream come true and this game against the chiefs to wrap up divisional playoff weekend is going to be off the hook mahomes coming in off of a five touchdown performance in ten and a half minutes and the bills doing that to new england a rematch of the afc championship game from the year before wow what a performance Still here on Peacock. Yeah, you I know, mean, uh, Nikhil Harry would have dropped that pass anyway. No, so no, and then Brandon <laughs> Bolden did too. Another one. I'd like to play here, before. And here are two aspects of the Patriots' loss I don't get. First of all, wondering if Matt Jones is the right guy. Are you kidding me? Like the season didn't happen? Playoffs are very, very difficult for first-time quarterbacks to navigate yeah. and negotiate. The December season is a very difficult part of the season to navigate and negotiate. I know I was having my fun saying that this looked like 2001, and there were times when it did, where 
this quarterback in his first foray with Bill was looking terrific and got it. The light's on, man. And he's got an ability. His first drive was terrific. Two huge third down throws. He picked one up with his legs. He looked like Josh Allen at that one point. And of course it went south after that. I mean, it's, it's, it's so the quite like, is Mac the right guy? What are you, you, you want to try uh, Zach Wilson on for size, New England fans? You want to try him on for size? You want to try on Justin Fields for size? Who do you want to do? You want Davis Mills? Who's the only other quarterback who came close to Mac Jones's success and also conversation starter about how New England's got their guy knows exactly what to do with their system. I don't understand the, is he the right guy? I saw a lot of that conversation. I don't know if it's in New England or not. I haven't heard yet from my brother-in-law yeah, I, yet. I'm, but a, I'm weirdly not concerned about you the offense be. at all. I'm, well, I'm really more worried about the defense. No, like, I, I think you should get a, a, a receiver who can take the top off. You know what I mean? Like, not named yeah, Aguilar. But, you could use a little bit oh, more firepower sure. there. To- totally. But in terms of, like levels of uh, what freaks me out about the future coming off of this game. The defense needs totally retooled, restructured, and reloaded. Like Hightower, McCourty, all these old guys, gone. Like they can't play anymore. The second thing, too, that I still don't, I couldn't get was the Belichick's going to be back for 2022. Yeah, conversation. He's going to retire? Where did like, that come from? Yeah, it's so like, bizarre. What? He looks reinvigorated and he's apologizing to media for being short? Like, He's a more well-rounded Belichick. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's going to do. He's going to walk away after this one. Got it. After taking it in the chops like that to Buffalo. In Buffalo. Come on. We'll take him. Yeah, right. (laughs) 